It turned yes. out that Gus had put on his girlfriend's the times fake tanning sock that she used to tan herself, and Gus had thought his foot had become infected overnight. Gus, is this true? A lot of it's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Nodcast. Round three is done and dusted. I'm Steve Mann, as always, joined by Sam Deegan. How are you, Deegs? Good, Steve. How are you? Fantastic, mate. Uh, three's had a big win on the weekend, so I'm very much up and about. And uh, joined by the 200 gamer for the weekend, man walking around with one ear, Rob Mann. How are you, Rob? <laughs> Yeah, I've been better, Steve, but yeah, good to be here. Thank you. Very good. And uh, and we'll, we'll we'll surely come back to this in a bit, but we are recording the podcast a little late this week, so we apologise to all the fans out there. Uh, Rob, do you want to share with them why we're recording it two days later than we normally would be? Um, so a bit of a head clash on the weekend, and I tore or lacerated, I think the, the terminology is, my tragus, so part of my ear, so required some... Um, lonely hours in Monash Hospital on Saturday night and some plastic surgery on Monday. But sewn back up and, um, yeah, feeling a lot better. Thank you. Did, you, did you take the chance to get any, anything else done while you Yeah. So after some um, pretty direct feedback from Pecky last week, um, I had a consultation with the surgeon about some biceps implants and um the lips are looking a little bit fuller than they normally do as well so i'm um, all excited for looking good for my 201st game to to all the people out there who had a bit of a whinge that the podcast was late i think one of the hosts being quite literally in surgery during the recording time is a decent excuse but we'll uh make sure it doesn't happen again but more importantly and more excitingly we gave rob we asked him this prior to his injury, but he's obviously good at multitasking. We gave him the job of tracking down the best guest he could find for us this week, and he's absolutely outdone himself. Rob, do you want to talk us through who you got? Oh, I found a triple threat. Um, I found someone <laughs> that is pretty versatile. Um, he can do it both ends of the ground. He can do it on the ground. He can do it off the ground. So for those people that were fortunate enough to be at Central on Saturday, I bring to you a man that on one uh, side of the siren is performing the bugle. And then after a brief intermission, waltzes out um, after the, the both teams, Ivanhoe and Mazenod, are waiting for about five minutes after being fired up by the last post, um, takes the first ruck contest, um, <laughs> spills forward, gets on a loose ball from 50 and sends the first goal home. I speak of Gus Paddy. Welcome, Gus. Thanks, Rob. It's nice to be here, mate. And it's about a few words, but I think we'll get a bit out of him tonight. Um, he, let, he let his trumpet and his goal kicking do the talking last Saturday, but uh, I think today we'll, we'll hear a bit more from Gussie about, you know, how he, how he goes about it. Yeah, we'll double into things a bit more. Don't worry. <laughs> Gus, would you describe yourself as a better trumpeter or footballer? I'll say footballer. Uh, that takes, uh, takes a cake these days. I'm not, I don't play the trumpet too often. The uh, annual gig every year is the um, Midnight Mass with the family. We play the Christmas oh, yeah. carols. 
<laughs> and um, the first time I picked up the trumpet was actually the night before the game since Christmas. So, um, yeah. I did hear you uh, You were very good, Gus. I did, I did happen to miss it. But I also did hear you may have a new nickname now around the club. Uh, I heard a few Timmy Trumpets going as, you, as that first goal sailed through. You, you know who he is? Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, that was, our, that was mine and Bob's song on Saturday night. Was it? Oh, didn't uh, get played. Um, uh, so oh, for, really? the, for the people that don't spend their Saturdays listening to bangers, D's, can you talk us through Timmy Trumpet? Timmy Trumpet is a, you'd call him a DJ. He's a DJ, plays, you know, some upbeat uh, house music type thing. And then he's known for playing his trumpet uh, along to the music. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's, got a few, he's got a few nice uh, bangers out there. So, and now we've got our own Timmy Trumpet down at Maznod, which is nice as well. So I'm a bit disappointed that we, we didn't get the trumpet down into the mob behind the goals. That was talked about during oh, the week. Yeah. I saw your brother running off with the, the trumpet as soon as you were finished with it. So it must be a sacred item. Yeah, look, if, if the game was a bit closer and we were <laughs> up and about, may, it could have made an appearance. But, it wasn't exactly, yeah. It wasn't exactly a trumpet scoreline. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to the review later. But we weren't exactly, um, yeah, gonna just let the mob descend um, down to behind the goals um, with the trumpet the way we were going. So, Gussie, I understand the the last post on Anzac Day has been um, a bit of a hope of the family for a number of years, and this has been um, sort of something that your parents have talked about. Can you talk us through the the ambition that they had for you? Uh, yeah, so mum's been waiting for this day ever since <laughs> probably I was 12 years old when I started playing the trumpet. Um, and yes, finally I got her, her dream came true. She actually wanted me to have the footy shorts and the top on, but I thought that could be pushing it. Um, I think the coaching staff did too, because they were a bit worried um, in about with when we had to wait for five minutes between you um, finishing the last post and the game being able to start. I was a bit worried as well when the runner came out and said, I've got to take the first ruck contest. And I said, I'm going to definitely talk to the umpire about delaying the start of the match. Um, and also, just a little bit of trivia. Um, the last time Gus Paddy played the, the last post was actually during lockdown last year from your balcony. Gussie, can you talk us through that rendition? Uh, yeah, so I got up at, did dawn service from uh, from the balcony, worded up a few of the neighbours and um, they came out and paid their respects to uh, the Anzacs. So, yeah. True, true Anzac spirit. Before, Gus, we move off the trumpet completely, we spent a bit of time last episode talking about Chuck Oldman and some of his on-the-mark antics. Have you ever considered just NFL style hiding a trumpet behind the goalpost or something and either on the mark, just giving the old wah, wah when the guy's coming in to have a shot or down the other end, kicking one yourself and just getting the trumpet out and playing a bit of a celebratory tune just to get the boys um, up in the I haven't considered it, but I might have to now, now that you mention it. Would, wouldn't be a bad little trademark to have. Just, uh, just want to touch on as well, just before we move on. So obviously one of your secret talents is playing the trumpet, but I've done a little bit of digging and I haven't really noticed this before until I've seen, or until I got told and you, you've got a pretty large mouth and um, I've heard <laughs> one of your party tricks is you, you can put a whole pint of beer in your mouth, lips right around the pint and 
chug it down. Around the know? glass. Around the glass. Right, right around the, yeah, right around the glass. Not, not the whole pint. Pushing it. It's not a joke. Well, they are. Well, that's true, and I can't hide that because there's plenty of photos floating about. So, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll be something. And this, this, this probably goes back to something I noticed on Saturday, which was Gussie removed himself early from the warm up, and I said, Gussie, where are you going? And he said, I've got to warm my lips up. So apparently, a trumpeter has to warm his lips up. The rest of us are, you know, doing some hamstring activation and calf raises. Gussie's got to warm the lips up. So I'm I'm not sure what that entails exactly, but he's a professional. you know, they're a set of muscles, mate. You've got to warm the muscles up before running around and got to warm the lips up before playing the trumpet. Same thing. With, with lips that big, you could play about three trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know of anyone, Gus, that's ever done a lip injury while playing the trumpet because they didn't warm up appropriately? Um, Is that possible? Uh, I don't, I don't. Oh, it's, it's more you just don't. The sound doesn't come out as well. That's all. Right. It's all about acoustics. Well, exactly. sp- speaking of... Uh, putting people's lips around pint glasses. We had our first big function for the year on Saturday night, uh, the beer pong, and we spent a bit of time last week just going through the form lines. Deeds, do you want to uh, talk us through how the night played out, who the winners were, and who were some of the better off the beer pong table performers? I'll give it a go. I know Gus was there. I've seen a photo of him in his his big V jumper, so that's... Oh, that's Gus, yeah, I'll put a few feathers <laughs> with that one, Gus, I hear. Oh, just a lot of jealousy from everyone, I think. So <laughs> the thing uh, Gussie told me he was like he was saying that I didn't know which one to choose from. I've got four big V's in the in the closet, so I wasn't sure which one to pull out. I'll, I'll give you guys a bit of advice. Um, if you've got those jumpers, fair enough. Wear them. What you shouldn't ever do is borrow someone else's and wear that. I once went to a party when I was in my early 20s and I rocked up. It was like a footy or an AFL or Australian theme party or something. And I rocked up wearing Rob's Eastern Rangers jumper. And some guy who I'd never met at the party just walks up to me, looks at me and goes, nah, that's not yours. And just sort of laughed and walked away. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's no no pretending that you've uh, you've earned them. You either have or you haven't. So, obviously, Gus, you at least had the rights to wear it, as did Tom, which was good. And he's got the pipes. He's got the pipes to fill it out as well. I think that's the big giveaway. Uh, I don't think Steve, you don't have exactly have the tack cup uh, body for it. No, I don't think so. Back, back to the the beer pong wrap. So. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it moving. So I went. I I dug deep. Um, went to my sources from the night and heard. Uh, well, firstly, we'll start off with one of the organisers, Franny. Um, you know, I think he was. I think he was doing a bit of organising very late uh, in the piece and then broke his finger, di- dislocated and, and ran to hospital about three hours before the, the beer pong tournament. So no. What, to get moving it up, a table or? You know, <laughs> on, on the field and... Oh, on the uh, field, sorry. On the sorry. field, yeah, yeah, and during his game. No, not, not I thought he was doing a bit of last-minute table shuffling or something. No, I think he had to, he had to do that post-game and then... Uh, Tragedy, oh. not tragedy, but yes, uh, <laughs> it was just a finger. But there was think, there's uh, a little I bit. Think I think there's some, don't worry about that. In, I feel in Deegs' analysis, there there's a little bit of. I may have told you so. You can't leave things to the last minute when you're organising a big thing like the beer pong. No, I didn't. I didn't tell him. I, I moved on, mate. I'll just let him let him and uh, Blair do their thing. 
Uh, there was a lot of wouldn't have happened under my watch about the facial yeah, expressions right. as he says that story. Anyway, so <laughs> no, nah, so they they actually did well. The uh, I heard the night ran real smooth, and they managed to get it all all going in the end, which is good. And uh, Nixon Cotter, and, yeah. So Nixon Cotter and Lucas Strebel won the night, which I think not too many people too happy with that one. <laughs> uh, Lucas Strebel, nice guy, but. Nixon they're not Cotter. a couple. Of, they're not a couple of Salesian boys again, are they? No, no, not not Salesian boys. But um, Nixon Cotter still owes me my uh, my green Heineken cricket uh, costume beer costume that he stole off me, and he <laughs> wore that, and he actually oh. he won the night in it. So I'm not I'm not too happy with him. Um, and I heard, is it true that uh, Ange Ange Capello bought back in and made it all the way to the final? Well, he bought, uh, yeah, so that's, I, I don't know who his partner was, but he bought back in for $200 and then made it into the granny. And, you know, if he had won the granny, that would have been his $200 back. But just <laughs> <laughs> loves to be part of it. Just, yeah, and, and it's 25 to enter the first time, so we still would have come out negative. Yeah. <laughs> but the glory. The glory yeah, is what, I rate you, that. what you play for, yeah. Gus, who was, your, who was your best dressed on the night? Obviously, apart from yourself. Um, Warbs. Warbs is pretty good. Liked what he had, what he uh, came up with. Um, actually, uh, Pecky was one of my favourites. Actually, he, um, it actually it, it almost looked like his normal getup, but it, it did suit him. He went with the um, I think he went as uh, Hansel from uh, Zoolander. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so him and Ben Riley, I think, yeah, went as when as Zoolander did the the blue steel uh, pose, oh, nice. but although. I'm not sure how well they did it. Obviously, Gus liked it, but from what I'm hearing, some people didn't know who they were, which is not great when you're when you're dressing up as a character. Uh, <laughs> is that is that saying more about the demographic of where the club's at at the moment? I don't know if they're they're up they're into their early two thousands genre films. Stewie English would be all over that. That's that's his that's his sort of stuff. <laughs> no, everyone's everyone's seen Zoolander, you would think, um, but uh, I think so. The winners of the best dress were was Ange Mar, which is controversial, and Nicola Piggott. So her partner Nicola Piggott, they were dressed up as the the stepbrothers characters. Um, but controversial Ange Franny is Ange's boyfriend. Oh, and so I don't know if they, I don't know. Yeah, that's the that's the word being thrown around. Um, What's the prize? It's I not think like it a romantic weekend free, away or something like that. Is it? <laughs> Three drinks, I think it. I think it was. Um, oh. So I don't know if there's any anything sus going on with that, but uh, yeah, you can make up your own mind. Um, <laughs> and being a non-visual medium that we're dealing with, no one will ever know. Yeah. So. <laughs> so a couple other a couple other best dressed that I've been sent: uh, Blair Bunter and Maddie Bunter dressed up as the geese from White Chicks. Uh, so how did they go, by the way? Because Blair predicted Maddie was. Uh... No, no, Blair predicted her other sister, Erin, to go oh. all the way. And I don't think good? they went very far at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so not sure Blair Freddie on did about a better job out of the night than Blair did by the sounds of things. How did, sorry, how did my cousin go? Um, Lockie, I, I pumped him up last week. I've been talking about his training. Unfortunately, I didn't make it to the starting line being stuck at getting the ear attended to. Gussie, how was Poodle sending him down? Um, so he was stuck obviously without a partner. So he went to behind the bar, firstly asked Camalo 
Quality was a bar of it. And uh, Stevie Ballack wasn't interested. He said it wasn't for him. Um, and then in the end, he went with uh, Joshy McKenna after his team was knocked out. So he recruited Josh into it and actually was wearing your costume hat. So... And he hasn't given it. He hasn't given it back either. I noticed at training last night. He had the scrubs on still, and he hadn't. He wasn't willing to pass them over to me. It, it should be no surprise to anyone at the football club that Steve Ballack wouldn't play beer pong. I reckon if it was Jim Bean pong, he would have been absolutely all over it. But yeah. you've never seen the man crack a beer in his life. And secondly, I reckon your chances are diminished a bit when your teammate has already lost beer pong and had to scull six beers before they start playing the first <laughs> round with you. So probably. Uh, wasn't the best night for Lockie, by the sounds of things. Yeah, that, well, the only other thing I'm here, so there was some good dress-ups uh, throughout the night. I, I wasn't there, so it does make it a little bit hard. I'm just giving you the, the info that I've, that I've been given. Oh, you've got heard, sparrows everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I've, got, I've been given some, um, some info about Jared Raffer, who decided to... There's a, there's a bit of a chant that uh, got started about Jared Raffer back in the day, and... I think he started the chant as many times as he could himself throughout the night. Is, <laughs> can you, which is can a you bit, give us a sneak preview of the chant, Eats? Do you know it? Give us a I sample. do know it. It's, it's to the sand, it's to the, uh, to the tune of um, Round the Twist. So it's, How's have it you ever, <laughs> ever felt like this when Jared Rapper kicks him through the sticks? <laughs> singing that about yourself that's fantastic clearly got a few tickets on yourself that's yeah. good well he's been kicking a few through the sticks so it's all right um at the moment i guess but yeah other than that i don't know i don't really have too much more about the beer pong gus is probably the, the man to go to he was he was in attendance well the thing was i was waiting so I, I wanted to be there and i was looking at the clock and time's getting away and I get a phone call from Warbs, Hockey Man, and Gus at nine thirty, and I still haven't been seen by the doctor at the hospital. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm keen to get there. Function started at seven thirty-eight. Nine thirty, Gussie's on the way home. He's 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 cracked it. Him and Warbs are knocked out. Hockey Man's knocked out, and they're on the way back to Richmond. Couldn't believe it, Gussie. What's going on? Yeah, look, we weren't too happy with getting knocked out. The older guys, all the young fellas were. Bit too excited getting into us, so called it. And uh, quote unquote, Jackson D'Angelo is getting in my grill. I've got to go. <laughs> oh, wow, Jackson D'Angelo must have been standing under the table to get in your grill. <laughs> so Fury was up and about too. Fury is actually offering to buy me drinks all night. He might. I think he was in order a big V jumper. That, that is actually that's a very interesting point you raised there, Gus, because the themes of you getting bought drinks and you going home, quite topical ones at the moment. So round one, you were in no interest in leaving from what we hear after the game because you thought there were a few drinks, free drinks on <laughs> offer. And then suddenly at a function, you've gone 180. Someone's offering to buy you freebies and you're straight in the car. Do you want to talk us through what actually happened down at Old Geelong round one when you were, you know, self-described as robbed of your six pack? Um, yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up, Steve. Um, so I uh, was, I was just did happen to be one of the last ones left, but I was just about to leave. And then the um, old Geelong president called everyone in. Turns out in the end, I did actually win the beers. I didn't go through the knot and pick them up after the game. And, um, yeah, there's, I've got, 
proof of them in my fridge still. So uh, hey, I'm interested. Yeah. Did they? So, yeah, that was four weeks ago, and he hasn't shared it with his housemates. This is this is fantastic. Uh, I'm going uh, to bring him down. I'm bring him down on Thursday. Bring him down. I'm, I'm going to go. I reckon we for next week's episode, we're getting CCTV from the knot just to see what was happening at the drive-through there, just because there could be another twist in this one. I'm interested, Gussie. Did did the president of Old Geelong ask your name before he announced it, or did he already have your name? He already had it, mate. Oh, <laughs> he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's good. He's, he knew where you were going with that one. <laughs> what kind of beers were they, Gus? You obviously don't want them. Ah, oh, yeah, you can take them back. They're no good. Surely, surely, Old Geelong. We'd have we'd have something a little bit more boutique. Yeah, the pale ales or something. Yeah. Speaking of the six pack, um, unfortunately, we, we we probably gave one out, but it wasn't the best result on the weekend for the ones. Um, Gus Rob, not the game you would have wanted Rob for two hundred, and and not the game after a really good win against Marcel on the week before that the team would have liked. Uh, in the end, Mazenod first game at home for the year six nine forty five, going down to Old Ivanhoe. 14-10-94. Am I correct in saying this is the first time we've lost to them since the 2013 grand final? Yeah, that's right. And Gussie and I are the, the only two remaining players from that day, I believe, that are still um, on the list. So Gussie and I have been pretty keen to protect our record um, since then. So beat them in 2014, 2016, 2018 and 19. Oh, 29 definitely. Um, so I think at least six six or eight times we've beaten them since. And then, um, yeah, disappointing on the weekend. But they were good. Full credit to them. They, they definitely came to play in really dictated terms from the start. I think, you know, we've got to just get better at wrestling back momentum when we don't have it. And um, But, you know, not. I think we can take a lot of things away from the game and, and work on them. We already have this week. So... Um, yeah, what do you think, Gussie? Um, yeah, I think we just lacked that aggression that we had the week before. Um, and Ivanhoe just pretty much just wanted it more and it showed. But um, I'm confident, you know, we'll bounce back against Monash and show that aggression. And that's when we play our best footy. Yeah, that, that um, getting in your grill that, um, that you saw firsthand on Saturday night is something that some of those young guys, um, small forwards have been doing on the field during the season. And they, when they bring that forward pressure and aggression, as you say, um, we're a pretty good team to play, a pretty exciting team to play in as well. So I think we'll get back there. But, you know, there were some, still some good signs. I think, you know, Tommy Riley and, and Pipes, Burn. Damian Burn. <laughs> just, I, I noticed that. Uh, sorry, got the best on in the best. That's two weeks in a row. He's uh, put together some pretty handy early season form. He has. But the one thing that's really disappointed me about Tubbsy this year is we've pumped him up big on the Nodcast. We've really got around him and, and nurtured him in the early start of the year. Has not tuned in yet, I believe. I don't know if that's changed, but last I checked, he had not tuned in. So, um, we're off him until no further notice. Who? Don't even know who you're talking about. Exactly. Who else? It was good to see. I, I caught the second half of the game on the weekend, and it was good to see a few of the young guys running around looking looking dangerous. Gus, is there a couple of the guys that you reckon have 
taken big steps this year after the year off? Um, definitely. I thought Tommy Riley's game was really good on the weekend. Um, running off half back there. So enjoying seeing that. Um, I'm loving our forward line. All the young fellas up there. Rafa, Mitch. Um, Who? Scoozy. Yeah, Scoozy. Yeah, of course. And he had a little run in the midfield, I think, in the last quarter. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's really exciting times ahead, I think, just because a lot of the uh, young guys are showing a bit. And is, is Tommy Warby, speaking of not young guys, is Tommy Warby going to get his body right at any point this year or just there's just a bit of brittleness there? What do you reckon? Yeah, I think he will. He's uh, He knows what to do to get it right, but it's, um, it's a bit harder when you get over 30. So we'll wait and see. Certainly. He's interestedly, uh, interestedly um, Warbs has decided to go the Rees Thomas Avenue rather than the Gus Paddy services um, off the field. So for our listeners, Rees, former cl- club legend, is a physio out of North Melbourne. Gus is a very well-respected osteo in the, the far reaches of the East um, in Narry Warren. So but Warbs decided to go with Tomo. Offended at all that you partner with him on the beer pong table, but don't get the... Respect in the osteo department, Gussie? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. He was chewing my ear off, asking lots of questions of how to get his body right in the car on the way to the game and afterwards that evening. So he was getting – he wasn't uh, – Free advice. Free advice there, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, I, I don't want to sort of jump ahead. This probably fits more in the weekly whisper section, but – I did notice Reese Thomas just sneaking in there and getting in the ear of Tom Warby while the game was on. So I reckon there's a chance he was sort of just doing a bit of work behind your back, Gus, while you're out there, putting it all on the line for the team. And Business Reece card just came out? Swooping in. Oh, it was, there was, I saw LinkedIn flash up on his phone at one point in time. There was, just a, you know, you know, Reese, very low voice, very softly spoken, just really working Warbs over. And I, I don't think Warbs was clearly able to be immune to the pumps. Rees must have been hotspotting off the, the club Wi-Fi if he's getting up his LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> it must be running the osteo profession because for the listeners out there, it took us 20 minutes to get going because Gus couldn't get his laptop working at the start. He's now <laughs> dialed in on his phone. So uh, it's clearly not your strength, the technology area, you boys. Yeah, no excuses there. I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, the twos, and I, I, you missed out this week, Deeds. You're just leaving the door slightly ajar in the BNF, clearly. But um, the twos went down 5, 7, 37 to old Ovenhide 12, 17, 89. It was fantastic to see a few old faces. Jimmy Egan just dusted off, clearly got fired up by the Slander spoken about him on last week's Weekly Whispers and he came back in Jag 3 and a couple of other blokes just sneaking back in. Jacob Buchella was was nice to see him back up and running. Deeds just idled over and had too good or what What was the story? Yeah, the, the twos, old Ivan had a bit too slick, had a few, uh, oh, like you'd think these guys are, are pushing for the ones for sure, they a couple of the guys were just too slick for for the twos. Um, 
and overall, like we we sort of threatened a little bit, but just couldn't get anything going, and and then they kicked away, and you know by halftime they had a big lead, and it's sort of hard when you're not playing that well to to pull it back uh, in together. So, but yeah, a few few guys back pulling back uh, pulling their jumper back on. So cheesy Tom Patterson. Uh, Came back down after no pre-season, saying that he was retired. Same with uh, Jacob Uchella, as you said. Went and bought $250 boots an hour before the game. And uh, he said he was trying to bargain with the, with the guy at Rebel because um, he was only going to wear them once. So he reckons he's done, but hopefully not. Hopefully he's <laughs> around. It'd be nice. The guy at Rebel cares much how often you say <laughs> no. you're going to wear his shoes. But I like that he tried. Yeah, he he gave it a go. Um, Pete Rosanides came back. I think he has he he, he might have trained once or twice. Yeah, he's back at training. Yeah, and then so but better players throughout the day, from what I saw. Um, so Will Hayes had about fifty possessions, I think, out in the wing. He was one of the Masnod's best. Got his head taken off about thirty times. Um, so, yeah, what sort of player is he? Is he similar to his older brother Daniel, or how's he go about things? Oh, he's way better than Daniel. Um, far better than Daniel Hayes. Daniel Hayes is real. Av- he's a Scott Selwood to to Will Hayes as Joel Selwood uh, in this in this scenario. Um, but yeah, is play- there a bit of Selwood about how he plays? If he's taking his head taken off the whole time, is well, he sort of ducking in there, or is he just, yeah. just people don't like him? I think he was just getting targeted on the weekend, but I don't think it was really lifting the shoulder, Joel Selwood like, but he did get about 30 free kicks for high tackles. So uh, maybe you could say that. Um, that's really, that's Joel Selwood like. Um, and then, yeah, Mac Andrew uh, down from the ones, but has, has been injured. So just making his way back in it was really solid. And then, yeah, just a raft of other guys. Uh, Franny Pleski played well until he had to leave. So, but yeah. <laughs> when do you say he had to leave? He had to get his finger put back in. He couldn't. He, he's he's dislocated his finger a lot of times, um, and he couldn't put it back in. And then it sort of like twisted. So they were thinking break, and he had a little bit of a dummy spit on the on the sideline, but then just hopped the fence and said, "I'm off. See you boys. <laughs> go to the, go on the hospital. I've got to prepare for beer pong. Can't be." <laughs> Here's the keys to the club rooms, Blair. It's over to you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Did you see much of the game, Rob, or anyone stand out for you? So it actually took over an hour to get to the game on Saturday, which I was pretty disappointed about. I, I got myself an Uber to the game. I'm expecting, you know, celebratory drinks after the 200th and the beer pong. So the Uber, I've been scared to check how much it cost. <laughs> it literally, the three lanes were closed on the freeway. Um, and then I find out later that Gussie drove and he didn't give me a lift. Uh. I did hear um, about Gus's car trip, Rob, and the the amount of sweat that was protruding off his forehead onto the to the steering wheel probably safer just to get in the Uber. <laughs> from what I've been told, just never. He was never worried he's going to miss the last post. He wasn't yeah, worried yeah. about the, the game. <laughs> Interesting yeah. that you mentioned Mac Andrew, um, Tammy, because since you you broke the story a couple of weeks back that Mac's younger brother was in draft contention. He's he's been lighting up AFL.com. He's in he's been named in about four different fandom drafts for the mid season. He's flying and Melbourne have first priority, I believe. 
Uh, yeah, well, your your story here, Robbie, I haven't seen any of those, so probably, I'm guessing. You might have to I've go back to Nate Swamp on Twitter and yeah, uh, yeah, confirm yeah. with him. But no, absolutely, he, he's um, – and I believe his name's Mac as well, is that? It's also Mac. Well, the, the Mac uh, – Masnod's Mac is M-A-K. Big Mac. For, yeah, something else. <laughs> and then the, no, the McQuaid. McQuaid. McQuaid, yes. And then the little one is M-A-C, so I'm, I'm not too sure what that's short right. for either, but – yeah. yeah, I believe he's a um, next generation academy for Melbourne. So um, he could be playing in a premiership at the end of the year, just like his, his two brothers will be at the nods. Well, that's exciting for them, yeah. <laughs> Pretty handy. And great to see the two brothers, two Andrew boys playing together on the weekend. Uh, the next game, and the one everyone's clearly tuning to hear about, the threes finally got on the board with a big win on the weekend getting the job done against Melbourne High, 2013-133, Melbourne High 10-11-71. So just a nice little 10-goal win there. Interesting interesting how after a couple of quiet weeks, a 10-goal win just just tries to skim over a little bit. We've been building up the threes for a couple of weeks and now they finally get on the winner's board. He wants to keep a lid back on it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The the lid, we're not going to take the lid off yet, but... um, and these guys hadn't been travelling too well, but wins a win. It's good to just get the year started with the first W of the season, and hopefully it's onwards and upwards from here. How did what was Tommy's post game like? Um, Tommy DeYoung, the coach I speak of. I don't have strong memories of it, which probably <laughs> means it it wasn't spectacular. Uh, I think Tom was just pretty pretty happy just to get a win on the board. His uh, his pre game was. A little inconsistent, I'd say, because the first week he spoke to us about 40 minutes before we went out there. Second week, he just sort of halfway through our warm-up said, right, let's have our chat now out on the ground and blokes with little sense sprinting back in to grab mouth guards and things. And then this week was sort of just a bit of a last-minute siren was blowing and we were still in the rooms getting spoken to. So he likes to keep us on edge. Um, and, look, he did the job on the weekend. Something that's been typical of the thirds this year is their lack of equipment. So we've spoken at length about the lack of footballs at training and um, lack of preparation in the preseason and, and the, the absolute decimation of their list with hamstring and, and general soft tissues. One thing I noticed when I was there, and this could be a factor when I, I came down to watch a couple of weeks ago, is the, the lack of hydration going on on the sidelines. So I believe that there was not one... Skerrick of flowing water at West Brunswick a couple of weeks back. Is that true? <laughs> there was a mercy dash done to the local 7-Eleven to get a slab of water partway through the game after we sort of felt like 10 minutes into the game we were stranded in the middle of the Sahari Desert. Um, so it's not... Dills, Dills Chills did the emergency run? And the good thing about Dills is there's always about four grand worth of cash in his wallet. So... Wouldn't have mattered if the FPOS was down at 7-Eleven and he was coming back with water. Does he roll the wallet or just a, a wad? No, he's a wallet. He, he's, his wallet's like... So a billabong it normal. It's not quite a billabong. It's just your sort of standard leather wallet, but it's basically been stretched into just a pretty much a square with like the thick <laughs> wad that's per, permanently in there. So I don't think he carries any cards or anything. Like if he got pulled over, there's no ID or he might have an old time zone card or something in there, but there's not a lot. To identify him, but there's just about six grand worth of cash in unmarked bills. 
And that's just the way it is. He wears a real loose gold watch. It's really, it's not tied <laughs> at all. And the amazing Absolutely. thing is when he when he kicks the footy deals, he does like a sort of spin with his hand. It's like the roll, the watch is just rolling around his wrist. <laughs> yeah, he's a great man, Deals. That that wallet's uh, been a bit of a talking point actually of recent weeks because in previous years, the thirds have had the option to pay per game, particularly given, you know, guys kind of drop in and play every few weeks or whatever. And one of the boys, Shane Doyle, gave him a 20 last week for his first game of the season <laughs> and then found out later we're not doing that anymore and paid his subs and goes, geez, I'm never getting that 20 back that's lost into the, the deep vortex that is Dill's wallet. Um, but no, he's a good man, Dills does a great job down there. Um, it, was, it was good for the boys on the weekend. We, we talked a lot about the insane injury list that we had following the week before. So we had a few guys playing injured and a lot of guys out. So just nice to see not just get the win, but also most of the injured boys managed to pull through the game without too many hiccups. So, yeah, good place to be down there at the moment, threes. Good. Where's the grinners? Certainly are. Um, moving along to the next one, we've uh, got the all-conquering under-19 blue team. Uh, got the job done 13-14-92 against Fitzroy, 5-8-38. Just kept that undefeated start to the season going. Uh Great to see Sean Wellsford kick three and our man Jackie Caspers bob up with three again. It just, they look a bit irrepressible at the moment, the 19s. I know they played before the twos, so there was a bit of a healthy crowd down there and all reports looked really, really strong. Yeah, I've got a bit of insight into this one. Speaking to Shawnee Wellsford at length today about it, he gave me a good rundown. Apparently, Big Sincotta, so Jack, they're playing him centre forward, but he's decided to roll himself real low. He wants to take himself out of the goal square. So there's a bit of an arm wrestle going on between Jack and Sherls at the moment. Damien Sherlock, the coach, just wants to drag him up a little bit higher. But no, nah, he said, no, nah, I'm, I'm a full forward. Chain me to the goal post. I'm going to get the job done. But the thing that makes it a little bit messier is Jordan McDonald, who's the full forward, is trying to do the same thing. So there's a little battle in the 50 at the moment in the in Blues. Um, the other thing that I hear is that they've got a really tall midfield brigade. So Ethan Sherlock, probably 6'2". Um, you've got also Johnny Wellsford in there, who's a, a big, strong body player. You've got half-back line, Mitchie McCarthy and Andrew Kovac who are cutting off a lot of footy. So apparently really um, strong. They haven't looked like um, breaking a sweat at this point of the year so far. So they're pretty up and about. Well, they're sitting pretty nice. They're, they're actually second now because Old Trinity's also undefeated with a bit of a higher percentage. But uh, Rumour has yeah. it that there could be some alterations to the under-19 grades after this weekend. So I believe, depending on how Mazenot and Trinity go this week, there could be alterations and a spot in Premier could be up for grabs. Jeez, well, that would be, be great for the club. It would be little... Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting for the 19s boys because you sort of go from red hot chance of a flag here to be thrust into a different division. But uh, but great great for the club that the program's in such strong shape at the moment. I reckon if there's alterations going on, just looking at the ladders there, the old Ivanhoe boys in the under-19 Div 1, who we obviously knocked off by 200 points round one, just 0-3 with a percentage of 9.15. They're probably a team that would find themselves 
dropping down a division <laughs> uh, if they do do some alterations. So maybe the Ivanhoe are playing a few 19s up in the seniors because they're a pretty sharp outfit in the, the ones and the twos on the weekend. May well be. Um, so then the 19s blacks on the weekend, they unfortunately didn't get the job done. So they came up against Ormond who kicked 13-23-101, uh, defeating Mazenod 5-8-38. Uh, good to see our man Scoozy bobbing up with two and Jordan Lyons who got a big shout out from Alex on the podcast last week, just best on again. Um, and it was good to see, I should say, before we move too far away from the 19s blues that the... Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Bacchias, we're working in the past here. The the old coach, Damien Sherlock, listens to the podcast and took our advice and actually named the best players this week. So onwards and upwards. Uh, but, yeah, the, the 19s blue side just um, – so the 19s blacks just, yeah, just flew off the pace again. Yeah, they, I think there's, they're a pretty young side, that group. So, obviously, under-19s is actually under-20s issue. So a lot of those boys are year 12 – um, all finished last year. So they don't probably have the, the top age talent that um, the, the Div 1 team has. So I think that group will gel as the year goes on and there's plenty of promising sides in that group. So um, watch this space, I reckon. It was good to see uh, Cooper Fisher played well again. Um, we mentioned Jordan Lyons earlier. Solid game from what I hear from Christopher Pond. So he's been in the best every week. So there is a bit of talent within that team. Uh, ben Hellier has put up uh, good numbers across three weeks so far and James Russell getting amongst it. So there's, there's definitely some promising signs coming through. And, and as we said, when you're 19s programs, you know, the, the top side's winning, you know, obviously there's, there's a bit of depth and there's some great players through the two teams. Probably lacking in the under-19 group is some quality bugle players. Um, I think that we've only got that really in the senior ranks at the moment. So, Gus, you might have to take a couple more under your wing. Um, yeah, as in what you want me to teach them a few, Te- teach them the trumpet. Well, I think we need a few more, you know, Just triple threats in the club. Doesn't have to yeah, be a trumpet, get a-, get a whole percussion. What is it? What? What's the trumpet? Wind? What's a trumpet? <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the... <laughs> The category for it is... It's, it, it's, it's brass, buddy. Uh, oh, there you go. I did year seven brass. music as well. <laughs> interesting Interesting. you talk about getting a band going. So um, long-time supporter and I'm, I'm sure um, listener of the podcast, Paul Noon Senior, life member of the footy club, he's had long time had a theory that the club has enough talent to have a choir. So I wonder if maybe a band is an extension of that. Get a, get a bit of a... Get a bit of a blues or jazz band together, Gussie. You know, bit of. Well, are, there, are there any other guys? Any other guys or girls who are who play an instrument? Zave Paddy. Yeah, kinda. He's, he's, just, played, he's played a bit of everything over the years. The family These band, are, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. Um, who else? Surely we've got a couple of musicians at the club. Deegs, anyone from your vintage? I know a few of the boys. Played the drums back at Mazenod, but um, Tom Patterson has a drum set at his house. Drums and trumpet. I don't know. How's that go together? Osbert Tallis. I reckon he might sing and play a bit of guitar. Rugen Braganza, he's he's on the guitar. Oh, yeah. Tommy O, actually. Tommy Odrawaz is all about he's on the, the He's on the keys. Yeah. So, and he's... He tickles he the ivory. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, this is shaping up to be good. And and as you heard before, my my Jared Rafa rendition, I can I can sing. So um, yeah, the band's well, going well. Just um, just in case we can't get you up, uh, Gussie is a bit of a music aficionado. Is there anyone with a good set of pipes at the club that you know of? Just a good singing voice. Um, anyone at the club? Because uh... you were a music captain, weren't you? So you should you should know. Is there anyone at the club now who was in your uh, your music choir back in the day? Well, guys who you would know, Nick Nick Gentile, who was in my year, he um. Big booming Italian voice. Um, oh, a bit of Pavarotti. Is he a bit a bit of opera from Jens? Yeah, he's not bad. Um, I reckon he could be alright. We could get him back down. <laughs> Who would love to hear that? Just get Surely in the ladies team there'd be um, a fair bit of talent as well. I'm, I'm sure we're probably not across it because we didn't go to school with the girls, but there'd be there'd be some musos in that part of the the club. I'm sure. We'll have oh, to. Uh, well, we we should get to find out mid year when we have the non talent night. I'm sure someone's going to get up there and just belt out some tunes for us. Um, speaking of the girls, the first loss of the season, unfortunately, the uh, the the ones girls went down to Aquinas five seventeen forty seven. The girls won five eleven. A uh, little disappointing there. Um, our girl. Lara Del Conte kicked one, but that was kind of it. There was a, it was sort of in it at quarter time, down four points and kicked their goal. And from there, it was kind of one-way traffic. Have you you got much out of the girls' camp this week, Deeks? Yeah, I haven't. I didn't. I didn't make it down again. But uh, I don't even have to ask for a, for a little review anymore. I just get just get sent to me uh, by by my sources down at the the girls' game. So. So what I've been told, so this is actually the best they've, they've played all year, uh, the the ones girls. So um, even though the scoreline didn't really reflect it, um, that's regarded as the best they've played all year, which is, I guess, a positive from the loss. Um, They're a tough, tough opposition Aquinas, aren't they? From what I understand, pretty strong girls program. Well, they, they must because they've, they've accounted for, for Masnod pretty easily. So, um, and... We were previously undefeated, so they must be uh, pushing for that that flag, I guess, at the end of the season, definitely. Did we have a couple outs or were we just outplayed? I don't think so. I think they were just a, bit, a better team, which happens sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it sure does, Sam. It absolutely yeah, it does. does. <laughs> yep, sometimes you lose and sometimes yeah. you win. Yep, you can't win everything, every game. Uh, they, they reckon they'll actually be competitive with the team later in the year, so Potentially, uh, what's going on here is, uh, and this this could fall into the rumor, but I'll, I'm going to announce it here. Um, the Aquinas Oval is is trash, basically. It's, <laughs> it's, small, it's smaller than a than a soccer oval, and it's it's a square, is uh is what I've been told. So potentially, maybe out on the big deck of Central Reserve uh, might be a completely different. Oh. Just that, they're a bit of a bit of a bigger side, are they? Don't don't can't match our run. Is that what you? Uh, well, potentially that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, maybe. If, I hope I hope for their sake, Aquinas, that if they have a tiny ground, they better not also have an overpriced canteen because I know that they won't. <laughs> there's a few people at Mazenod that don't like that combination. 
that congested on top of each other style football and then paying overs for a sausage roll at halftime. I know there's a few supporters of the club that are not a fan of that at all. I, I, it was good to see uh, Tanaya Redmond just playing amongst the best on the weekend and uh, Laura Gartland, who I believe is the brother of Johnny Gartland. Am I, I think I'm correct. Yeah, you are. Oh, well, the sister, obviously, not the brother. Um, but, yeah, no, good good to see a few familiar faces. I must admit, about two minutes ago, I was looking down the playlist going, geez, we had a lot of outs. I don't recognise any of these names. And I was looking at Aquinas. <laughs> so that's why. Um, familiar. But, um, well, there, yeah. there is another thing that I may have I've sort of glossed, glossed over it, but um, there's another reason that potentially might have contributed to the big loss. And... So uh, the VAF is struggling with umpires this year. And so both teams got to provide an umpire to the game. So the girls, well, Masnod's provided umpire has been uh, fish every week, um, mm. you know, and very well, straight and narrow guy. Won't, won't favour either team. If anything, he'll favour the other team to prove that he's not favouring Maznod and then... Uh, you can't go there. You can't go here, Sam. You can't go here. Oh, I'm just saying this is oh, the rumour yeah. that maybe the maybe the Aquinas umpire may not have been oh. Um, oh. doing the same thing. Maybe, you know, one-eyed for, for his team. So that's just what I've heard. Don't shoot the messenger. Um, that's just the rumour going around and maybe... I don't think they're sort of blaming the other umpire. I think they're blaming Fish, really. Maybe <laughs> not biased enough. That's not say, yeah. I think oh, so. Oh, wow. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a well, heavy Well, maybe he had to overrule. He had to come in over the top. That would be a big power move, I guess, wouldn't it? Speaking of overruling umpires, did you guys, this has nothing to do with Mazinov, but have you guys seen the video of that game from a couple of weeks ago where a non-officiating umpire overruled a goal after the siren saying the guy ran off the mark. You go, did you guys follow this? As Brendan Goss, yeah. Yeah. The guy that was yeah. The country, yeah. yeah. That was uh, interesting, to say the least. Ridiculous. You'd be, you'd be feeling pretty stiff if you just <laughs> took a big grab, went back after the siren, popped one through, and then some boat runs down from the other end and goes, no, 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 you've stepped 30 yeah. centimetres to the right. That was blatant cheating to mine. And then apparently they... <laughs> They took it to the league and it got upheld. They said he yeah. went went off the mark. So what, I don't know what what he's supposed to do. Maybe don't run up. Yeah, just just the old place kick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of the umpires, we in the threes. Obviously, there's a few teams that are having to deal with this umpire shortage situation at the moment. And we had a bit of a similar experience with a, with some. You know, it's just a difficult situation when you've got you know one team putting up an umpire or whatever. But last couple of weeks. Uh, one of the injured threes players, Matty Giuliano, who quite hilariously injured his shoulder trying to lay out a teammate on the Thursday night before round one and has to miss the first six weeks of the year. He's stepped in as umpire for us the last two weeks and he's genuinely the best umpire I've ever played with. Oh, well, I wouldn't say Sean Campbell was quite a good umpire back in the day, but he's one of the best. He just literally does not pay a decision. He just lets the game go. He just plays the real obvious ones. And his signals are the most energy-efficient signals you can possibly <laughs> give. So he will not extend his hands more than about two or three centimetres from his torso. A ball <laughs> up is just he'll slightly move his hands inward. And out on the full, he'll slightly move his hands outward. Out of bounds, you just sort of put his hand up to about his ear level. It's just, uh, it's just poetry in motion just watching him run around. And 
if you're not within your shot of you've got no idea what's going on, but the umpiring is fantastic. A big shout out to you. Doing a great job. Sounds like fish, though, you could be a little bit more biased towards us. <laughs> the reserve women's team um, also obviously facing Aquinas. Didn't get the job done either. Aquinas was uh, 8 12 60 coming up against Mazenod 1 2 8. Do you hear much about this one, Deeds? Not as much as the, the senior game, but I've got a little bit of info on it. So, uh, similar sort of story, I think, with the twos. Um, just they were just a bit better. Uh, what's that? Umpire is just a bit biased. Not that I, that I'm, yeah, <laughs> I don't think the umpire was gonna was gonna change the result, but that's just one to keep in mind. Ish. <laughs> they're on notice. They're on notice. Yeah, they're on notice. Uh, no, nah, so so Blair Bunter, our, our well, our first guest has kept the good form going. Apparently, she was standout, uh, best player uh, on the day, as along with Cat uh, Newman as well. Who I actually didn't even know she was playing. So she, she's had ACL issue, hasn't yeah, she? She did an ACL a few years ago, so she's obviously back playing this year. So. Um, so that's good, uh, but yeah, I don't have too much too much more info on them. I think what was their result? Yeah, they they went down by about eight goals, so fifty two points in the end. Yeah, um, interesting to see uh, Georgia Anderson just taking a leaf out of the nineteens book to try to turn things around and not naming your best. So just a little bit cagey coming out of the. Reserve. We know she's there. a fan of the mind game. We explored that last week, so not surprised that she's trying something to get the girls up. I like it. Just the first loss for the season. No one played well. Not naming the best. It's I did a, hear. A, sorry, I did hear. Uh, unfortunately, one of the bigger stories of the day in the twos, Lauren McKeo lost her or broke her nail out in the girls. Oh no! Yeah, which is you know, I think that's a. Uh, a really bad thing for the girls. They don't related don't to Kieran McCare. Yeah, uh, Kieran's her brother. So yeah, that's where I did hear the info, and she wasn't too happy about it either. So um, did she play on? It's a good question. Kiz, like Kiz would have retired if he ever broke a nail. Sure, <laughs> Kiz would have been whinging about it for weeks. Um, the big dog um, <laughs> <laughs> was the big dog there Saturday night, Gussie. No, I didn't see him. Didn't turn up. Didn't turn what? Up. I'm pretty David sure I saw him down watching the game on Saturday, which was quite interesting. Yeah. Just kids down at the game Saturday afternoon, Jacob Bachella just playing in the twos, just the two of them gravitating back towards the club just as the beer pong approaches. Obviously, I think they, they might have been told about the, the halftime uh, beer rule. Uh, oh yeah, which we broke. Were... We broke on the Nodcast in previous weeks, so they're tuning yeah. in. But then they were this. Obviously, whoever's running the bar down at Mazenod at the moment is not tuning in because they didn't know about it, and and no beers were served. Oh no, half time. So that's uh, I think very very unlike Dom Darker to leave some sales on the table. That's just <laughs> that's really not not his style. So I'm sure that will be remedied next week, and of course. Our next home game, which is the 8th of May, we've got the big first luncheon of the year, which I know all the sponsors will be very excited about. And from what I hear, the ticket sales are starting to flow in. So get your spot while it's still available. Should be a pretty we, big day. And hopefully watching we, the, the ones get a win on the big Founders Day, obviously the biggest day on the Mazenod calendar. 
we'd name the sponsors, but we're currently brokering a deal for the podcast at the moment. So we're, we're not at liberty to name any sponsors. That's still correct, Steve? That's right. The lawyers uh, just gave me a call just before we went on air and just said, look, just stay tight-lipped at the moment. We'll uh, we'll let you know when you're clear to announce. But for now, we just have to keep keep the uh, cards pretty close to our chest, I think, on the sponsorship front. So we've, we've covered a bit of ground today. And uh, there's always a bit of ground to cover when you've got a, a bugler slash ruckman slash full forward slash former music captain joining you on the podcast. But one that we sort of touched on at the very start and we've skimmed over a bit, Rob, with the uh, the weird year split, um, sort of breaking the year in half, bit of an unusual injury. Um, I know you were you were racking your brain to think about, you know, what's our what's our sort of list deep dive discussion for the week, and we sort of stumbled upon the fact that just chatting before the podcast, there has been a few weird injuries over the years. Yeah, I, I was as I was laying in the hospital bed in recovery um, in a sort of lucid state a couple of interesting injuries came to mind that i thought worthy of bringing up in the in this forum and the one that really struck out to me and we've actually got the guest on the air so he's going to be able to talk us through this but there was an injury a couple years ago to our our um, fine ruckman gus patty where he woke up in the morning and he had a, a brown sort of um discolored foot he was pretty worried about this he he was so worried, in fact, that he, he went to the doctors to get his foot checked out and he called Fibber, the coach at the time, and said that he was a bit worried about playing that day and he called Rees Thomas, as we said, a, an experienced practitioner and he was really unsure what was wrong. So he went to the doctors and they, they checked his foot and they said, oh, you know, we're not really sure, mate, but, you know, and we can't really tell from, from this, but, you know, can you walk on it? Yep, feels fine. Got full full reflexes. Yep, have you got full range of motion? Yep, all good. So he's 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 sitting there. He gets the game a bit late. He's unsure. He's talking to Fibber. He's in some really serious discussions. We look at it, and then we have a we look and like, mate, that's fake tan on your foot. <laughs> and he got Gus is like, what do you mean? And someone got a little bit of a you know the the trainer's rag and start cleaning his foot and the, the fake tan came off. <laughs> it turned yes. out that Gus had put on his girlfriend's at the time's fake tanning sock that she used to tan herself and Gus had thought <laughs> his foot had become infected overnight. <laughs> Gus, is this true? All right, I'll clear up a few points on this one. <laughs> is it um, true though, Gus? A lot of it's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let me just clarify a few things. Um, first, that's actually, look, in all seriousness, the most embarrassing moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, ex-girlfriend at the time actually took one of my, like, from my sock, from my sock drawer, decided to use that as her tanning gloves and then put it straight back in the drawer without, without, uh, as I, and I wasn't aware of it. Um, yeah, and then <laughs> however long after when I'd worn that sock and walked up to uh, put that sock on and then footy the next day um, and my foot was pretty dark and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> it sounds exactly and, uh, the same. At the fair to say, I, I reacted. But I didn't miss any of the game. I reckon I rocked up 
at about one o'clock. So I might have walked in during the meeting before the game. So I didn't miss the game and um, got a few kicks. So it was all right. Oh, that's brilliant. That's so good. Um, I've seen a couple of weird ones over my time. And uh, this ranges from the sort of mildly in, mild injury comical to the very serious, but kind of at the more very serious end of the spectrum. And we promised we wouldn't talk about him on the podcast tonight because he's we've probably overdone it so far. But no, which, um, no, don't. Which, <laughs> he <laughs> beamlined me on Saturday. Which has been, been on both ends. Uh, he once ran at the biggest guy I've ever seen and tried to kill him and shattered his shoulder <laughs> and kept trying to play out the game and then missed about two and a half seasons afterwards. Um, but no, the, the, the one that he was not on the receiving end of that he dished out was a bit of friendly fire. Um, and I had a very front row seat because he missed me by about half an inch and just ran back into a pack, not looking at the ball, but just basically just charged in and got um, Goose, James Mather, and broke James Mather's pelvis and hip. One of the first known injuries, at least that I've ever heard of, at Central Reserve, Dale McAuliffe, he was in grade two, and he, uh, he actually got his finger stuck between two tables and lost his index finger. So bit of a bit of a weird one. When, when Sammy sort of inadvertently mentioned Franny injured himself, implying that he was moving tables around earlier, I reckon Dale, who I know is a listener of the podcast, would have... Would have had a few shivers down the spine, bringing back some awful memories. That was a. What, Did he ever have what? the finger reattached? No, never reattached. Always, he's just had a half finger ever since. Um, I've never so, noticed. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he, he, he obviously that put an end to his goal umpiring career, but um, <laughs> otherwise he's uh, pretty much been unaffected. <laughs> so I, I remember you might remember. I reckon this was the same game, Gus. This might have been just before your time at the club, but. We were playing down at Rupert's Wood and your now housemate, Pat Johnson, broke his neck. Do you remember that one, Gussie? Yeah, I remember. Um, I think I was with MJ at the time, his brother, and he got, got the call from his mum or dad saying that PJ's in hospital. Um, so, yeah, I, me- I remember it. Uh, remember that vividly. But I don't know if that would be uh, the weirdest injury from PJ, but we can't go into that. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, you can't. Definitely not. Um, and I think I think it was the same game, but it was. Just, and we've talked about some of the the great Rupertswood battles um, in previous episodes. But this and this might have been the the Chukish mother game. Jackson Bolton dived full length um, to smother a ball, landed, smothered it, landed, dislocated both shoulders, and knocked himself out in the one the one action. It was unbelievable, but. Game saving, um, and um, yeah, quite peculiar. The other one is Reese Thomas. I remember a few oh, years back, Reese was a boom recruit to the club, and we're all excited to get him down. And heard big things playing Vic Metro and Port Melbourne and Oakley Chargers and all the rest. And his debut was actually delayed because he backed into a car in the car park um, down at Brandon <laughs> Park and the airbag went off and he burnt himself. <laughs> so we had to we had to wait a couple of weeks before he actually come down to the club and play his first match. It's unbelievable. You got any guts? Um, probably speaking of another one of the, uh, the other Thomas, Nick had one of the biggest corkies I've ever seen. 
on his thigh. The hamstring corky? Oh, yeah. Absolute but, monster. But yeah. there's not a lot of meat on those legs, so it doesn't surprise me too much. That was the whole quad, just black. Yeah. A few weeks. That was that was shocking. Perfect. That might have been his last full season. I reckon that was 2017. Yeah. Um, I think that was enough for him after that. He's, he thought, no, I'll spend my summers in the south of France from now on. My winters, um, rather. Uh, it was the end of Tomo. I, uh, I do have one final one, which is at the lighter end of injuries. Um, I think I've talked about this guy previously on the podcast uh, a couple of times. Mick Regan, former twos captain. Uh, back in 2010, spent the season uh, pumping the boys up about how he'd never played in a final. And we get to the last game of the year and we're locked in to make finals. And um, we're playing a dead rubber in the last round against Ajax, just basically battling it out for third position. And we're going to play him the next week anyway, whoever finishes on top. And um, late in the fourth quarter, Mick Regan goes down clutching a knee and pretty upset, fair to say. He's never played finals and he's about to play his first final and he's done his knee in the last quarter. And he, he's, you know, everyone's sort of feeling a bit bad for him and he's, he's pretty upset. Getting carried off, and, I, you know, this is probably the second whack for Dale McAuliffe tonight, but Dale's wife, Emily, who uh, is not going to be happy when she hears about this, but he was the trainer at the time and dropped the stretcher halfway oh. off the ground with Mick Regan on it and Mick's falling down directly onto that leg, onto his knee again, he's rolling around on the ground. Bad as we felt for him, the whole ground was laughing at him when he got dropped off the pitcher. It was one of the best things I've ever seen. Sammy, do you have one? I've got, I've got a couple. Um, this one, I won't name any names, but I do have a, a, an acquaintance, a friend you could say, um, <laughs> Who may have who may have heard his uh, his hip flexor in a in sort of a pregame sort of at home warm up <laughs> with <laughs> potentially another person um, <laughs> and then pulled out of the game. So oh, no. uh, that's one. Jack, Jake Charman. I don't know if you uh, remember this, Rob, but we I think round one and Gus would remember it as well. We played Uni Blues or Uni Blacks out at Uni Blacks. Yeah, uh, black blacks. This is 2018, I reckon. Yeah, and um, Jay Charman in the twos has gone down with a horrible case of cramp, <laughs> uh, lower leg cramp, and got carried off on the stretcher into the into the rooms. And you know, as we're, we're preparing for for our game, um, he's sort of sitting there on the bench, icing up, eating a six pack of cheese and bacon rolls. Um, <laughs> sort of, sort of providing some encouragement where he where he where he saw fit, and um, later that night we had, I think we had Aiden and Noon's twenty first, and you know he's hobbling around there, still whinging about the cramp, and I came out a few days later, he broke his leg, uh, <laughs> so we spent we spent a few days getting into him about getting stretched off with some with lower leg cramp, but it actually ended up being pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. And then I've got another one. I don't know. It's not really a footy one, but I'll say it anyway because it does involve someone at the club. <laughs> uh, so this, this man did get did dislocate a shoulder a few weeks ago and has since had a shoulder reconstruction. But um, that's not the bad injury. The injury actually happened midway through last year where he 
So we're talking about Ben Gannon. Gannon. Uh, he, he's had a few injuries too. He's been a bit injury prone. Yeah, he's got he's, he, he got his nose punched all the way in in an under nineteen grand final. Um, <laughs> so that's that's one. But that's the one I'm cool. speaking of is was at work, and it's just a funny story. He, standing on a scaffold, <laughs> you know, second story up, and he's shoved his arm down a drain, and uh, something's latched onto his arm, and it's a possum. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, possum, no. the possum's latched on uh, going hell for leather on his arm scratching him biting him whatever and he's getting trying to shake the possum <laughs> off he's, he's taking a step backwards and falling backwards off the, the no. <laughs> oh, no. so that's, he uh he's that's pretty like that. yeah that's, that's like wally coyote type stuff yeah. Yeah. So, you wonder he likes the hardball, Benny. He, he's used to, <laughs> yeah. He gets it at work. It's the, he gets the original possum fur. Yeah. <laughs> A few rabies, I think, um, from that. Yeah. So stay away from him. Yeah, we, ladies. <laughs> hard, hard to top that one. Um, boys, we're a bit short on time, so we might move along a bit. The, uh, the Weekly Whispers, always a favourite segment, and um, it's – it's a privilege for the segment and the weekly whispers this week to have Gus, who is the man who is in charge of the spins on a Thursday night. So the commissioner. there's been anyone who's been plugged into the goings on of the club over the last few years, it's Gus. You got any whispers for us, Gus? I'm sure you've uh you you know your phone's always blowing up with tips coming in. Uh yes, I do uh, I got one the other night, which he will be receiving a spin for on Thursday. Uh, oh, a bit of bit of a um, bit of a preview. Yeah, will he rock up to training after listening to this on the way there? Uh, he, he has to be there. He's he's one of the coaches. Oh. oh. <laughs> so um, on the uh, obviously on Saturday, uh, the kind of the Anzac theme happening, and um, in the under nineteens, the uh, Orman coach went up to Brock and uh, asked um, our Blacks coach. And um, asked, oh, is all good? We do the minute silence before the game. To which uh, Brock replied with, oh, shit, who died? Deeds, you got any this week? I've got one. I got asked to mention this, um, but I'm not going to reveal names just yet because this could be an ongoing sort of whisper Ooh. that we might have to revisit. So uh, I'm just standing around sort of watching the seniors on the weekend and I had someone approach me who, you know, looked distressed, <laughs> really unhappy uh, with, with something that was going on at the What was the score at the time? The score? Yeah, was, 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 was it on, uh, on field he was frustrated by? No, was, no, no, no. Well, I'm getting to that. It was off field. And <laughs> I, think, I think he was eating a, a sausage roll and he, he wasn't too happy with the sausage roll. That, that was contributing to it, but... He's come up to me and he's like, Deegs, I, I'm just flat, mate. It's been, it's been 18 months since I've been down to Central um, to watch a game and I've gone up to the canteen and they're not selling hot dogs. So, oh, no. Yeah. Um, no. Apparently they actually were selling hot dogs and, and we sold out. Uh, but up until just before halftime of the Sandy game, they, they were out of hot dogs and... Oh. This who's man in charge of the was catering? not happy. I don't know who's who's running That's... the canteen this year, but you can't I, be running I, out. I, I had a similar. Nah, there was a big crowd well. out though. You, there was a, was big, a big crowd. crowd. I don't think you could predict that you would have, you know, that bigger crowd at Central. You know, it's been a long time—eighteen months. 
maybe you know maybe we're rolling off an old spreadsheet or something we haven't got the well that's why i said well i won't name any names yet i don't want him you know to get in trouble but we'll just i i geez this as as the former author of the bugle i used to get a lot of lot of people writing in and there was one guy who this sounds awfully similar to who had his own segment yeah, yeah. Oh, and had a lot to say about the a lot to say about the canteens both home and away. Well, don't have to that, it might be the same person I was alluding to when I was talking about their displeasure with a small ground into an expensive oh. canteen. Is, so is I think he's, he's 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 talking to each of us and he's trying to <laughs> he's trying you, to get editorial. To, do we reveal names then? Do, well, do Dees, we Dees, you don't you don't have to uh, you don't have to say anything. But I'll say his name and just give me a bit of a eyebrows up or eyebrows down. Is it Daniel Bow? Ah, he's not what that is. <laughs> <laughs> he blinked. I, like, I didn't. I did not react. I'm not. I'm not naming oh, names. Though. I don't it's, know. I guess we'll, he could. Dees protects his sources. He's got. He's got them everywhere. He's, he's got realistic <laughs> integrity. I want. It, I want this uh, person, male or female, to to get served at the next home game. So I don't want him oh, to. Well. If it, yeah, Bowie on the boundary and then Bowie in the boardroom basically spent his entire career on the committee of the club just petitioning for changes to the canteen. So I reckon <laughs> I reckon if it wasn't him, we'll probably hear something from him at some point. Let's hope let's hope there was killer pythons there when he when he came through, because I know he's got a pesh on for that. Rob, you got any whispers for us this week? You obviously you understandably you might not be able to hear many with you got one ear at the moment. Yeah, I've had my my ear to the ground this week, uh, trying to make sure I'm across all issues at the club. Um, no, nothing, nothing really, to be honest. So, um, no, I think this week, pretty quiet week from my sources. Powder dry. I did see a former subject of your whispers, two of them, uh, Stewie Inglis, down on the weekend, saying some very nice words about your pre-game, um, and then during the game, just. A lot of negative things to say about what you've been saying about him on the podcast. So, uh, well, yeah. interestingly, I might have I, I I'd said episode one that we'd get Stewie back to the club, um, and he's on his way back. And first step was getting him there on Saturday. He, he liked being back around it, rubbing shoulders. So it's funny you mention him as well because he he came up to me uh, with a bit of content. He reckons to to get into Rob about on the podcast that he came up with during his speech, which was just a baggy biceps, basically. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he told me he was going to run with that for you, for the speech he was given in the rooms before the, before you ran out, I was, I was like, geez, that, that your best material. He spoke, <laughs> he spoke very well, despite he's using some uh, material from Nick Peck. That's all I can say. <laughs> we've, uh, we, we've got footage of that, actually, which we might get up on the club website over the next day or so, Stewie's speech, so the, the supporters and players can hear for themselves and judge. Um, but I, I guess it's not really throwing rocks in glass houses for Stewie to be talking about people's arms because he's got a, got a fair set of shoulders on him. He can probably comment with authority. Actually, one, one thing that I have noticed, and I, I sort of probably want to air it now, is... Um, you know, I was very fortunate to be carried from the field by Gus Paddy and 
Simon Hall. And while I was up there, and, and, and for those who've been carried off, you, it's, a, it's an unusual feeling, especially after a loss. You're a little bit embarrassed and you don't want to smile and you don't know exactly what to do. And, but reviewing the, the photos later, it sort of confirmed what I felt at the time. And I felt a little bit awkward. I, I was not at the, the same level. So consulting the photo, I was, on, I was actually on top of Simon Hall's shoulder. But I was I was on Gus Paddy's forearm bicep, and <laughs> I think he was actually flexing as on the way up. He was using it as a photo op. <laughs> no, Gus. mate, it's, it's it's the height differential between me and Hawley. It's awkward for me too. <laughs> <laughs> but Gus, he was looking good. He was looking real good on the weekend. So um, yeah, I was very fortunate to be um, aloft those shoulders. Those forearms would have been nice and limbered up after the uh, trumpet warm-up that you'd gone through earlier in the day. Yep. Although I don't, didn't, you don't use the uh, forearms with your last post. So, <laughs> don't um, you? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the sort of uh, inside information we give you here on the Nodcast. <laughs> that's right. Just the, get into sheet music and, yeah. Um, all right. Well, look, uh, Gus, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you on the Nodcast. Um, Highly entertaining and looking forward to the spins Thursday night. Uh, Deeds, no Rob, um, good luck with recovering from both of your injuries and uh, looking forward to seeing everyone next week. Thanks, Dave. Looking forward to it. Big Thanks, week for the this week. Thanks, boys. Ever felt like this when Jared Rapper kicks him through the sticks? <laughs> <laughs>